Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it 888 Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor, Pavestone, Sense, Ryobi, and Bonide. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we're here for one purpose and one purpose only to help you with your home improvement projects, your decor projects, your remodeling jobs. What's a project on your to-do list? Think about that. Look around. Think about what you want to get done, then give us a call right now, and we will help you get it done. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. And coming up on today's show, toss aside all those cookbooks full of quick and easy recipes. We're going to show you how to get a stovetop that cooks faster instead. We'll share everything you need to know about induction ranges in just a bit. And if you love to cook, maybe you love to cook outdoors also, but you've got just a grill. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but perhaps an outdoor kitchen has been on your mind. Well, they're not as expensive as you might think. We're going to help you bake up an outdoor space for those sizzling steaks and burgers, complete with grill surrounds, fire pits, benches, and more that are so easy to build. Just think like stacking blocks. And are you enjoying a beautiful garden, but the bugs are enjoying it as well? Well, don't let those bugs get the best of your garden. We're going to give away a supply of the all-natural Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew from Bonide. That will keep bugs at bay and vegetables and many other plants. The package is worth 50 bucks and going out to one caller drawn at random. Make that you. Give us a call right now. We'll toss your name in the Money Pit hard hat, and you may just win that supply of Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew to keep your gardens bug-free. The number again is one Money Pit. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Michelle is on the line from Los Angeles, California, with a cleaning question. How on earth did you spill some glue on your floor? Tell us about it. Well, this is an interesting story. My fiancé and I just bought a condo, and um, it needed some renovations. We weren't planning on buying a fixer-upper. It's just how it worked out. And one of the things was the floors. Um, He decided that he would install them himself. He'd done it once before. And so these floors required a glue, which a lot of folks, like, we know a lot of people, and people were like, glue? I never heard of glue, but that's what the lady that we bought the floors from said. So we got this really intense glue, and um, he kind of slammed through these floors pretty quickly, and now I have this glue, like, in fingerprints and bulges on top of the floors. Ugh. It's really terrible. And uh, I'm just wondering, we've tried... You know, the turpentine works, but it takes the finish off. That's what you're supposed to use to get it off your tools and off your hands and stuff. Um, But it takes the finish off the floor. We've tried um, these 5505 wipes that are like $20. That didn't work. Those are the recommended product, the anti-product to the glue. 
Um, we've tried something called goof off or goo off or something like that. I don't know if you have a trick, but this glue is really intense. <laughs> I think what you're going to have to do is try to get it off as as best as you can, but you just, just buy into the fact that you're going to probably want to refinish these. And it's not that big of a deal, by the way. Um, what you could do is get everything off, and then what I would do is I would sand the whole surface, and you could rent a floor buffer with a sanding screen. And it's not like a caustic, rough belt sander. Sure, but I don't think with a sanding screen. No, you put a sanding screen on it, and it braids just sort of the upper surface of the floor. Okay. And then once you get that all abraded, and even if you have to sand down deeper in the areas that are really bad, it's okay because you get it all abraded and you get it all roughed up just a little bit with the floor buffer and the sanding screen. Clean it up really good so you have no dust. And then you get some uh, urethane, clear urethane. You want to use semi-gloss. And you apply that with a lamb's wool applicator. Now, that kind of looks like a, like a mop for a kitchen except there's lamb's wool on the end of it. And you essentially pour a little urethane in a paint tray and you mop it on very carefully and very smoothly working, you know, out of the room. And then, you know, give it a day or two and it'll dry and and you should be good to go. Now, the one other thing I would do is check with the uh, manufacturer of the hardwood floor to see if there's a specific floor finish that they recommend for refinishing because I'm not quite sure what they did initially. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Michelle. Good luck with that project, and congratulations on your upcoming wedding. Hey, if you, sur- if you survive the home improvement, you'll survive the marriage, okay? We've been living together <laughs> five years, so this kind of thing is not new, honestly. <laughs> That's nothing, huh? All right, Michelle. Thank you very much. Take care. Now we've got Jim in North Carolina on the line with a roofing question. I need a new roof. Um, I'm originally from uh, the northeast New York, and... Up there, um, it was very common to not strip the old fiberglass roof before putting a new roof on. I'm wondering what the advantage is to not stripping the roof uh, versus stripping it to put a new one on. That's a great question, Jim. And the answer really depends on uh, one thing, and that is how long are you going to spend in this house? Is this a house that you're going to be in for the next 20 years, or do you see yourself more in the five to ten year range. We're in the house forever. The long, forever. The long term. Okay. Yeah. All right. They're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna bury you in this place. Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> exactly. We call we call it our toes up. We're All right. It's toes your toes up. up house. All right. <laughs> so if it's your toes up house, you're gonna want to make sure that that roof is gonna last as long as possible. And the way you'll do that is by stripping the old layer. And here's why I say that: if you have a second layer of roofing material under the the exposed layer, that's going to hold a lot of heat. And heat is the enemy of the roof. The hotter the roof gets, the quicker the asphalt and the other chemicals that make up the roof sheathings, the roof shingles' ability to keep water away dry out, the shorter the roof life. So if you have a roof that's really warm, it's not going to last as long. And what I have found in the uh, almost 20 years I spent as a professional home inspector, that when we saw roofs that had multiple layers, generally they lasted about a third less than a roof that was a single layer. So if the first roof lasted 20 years and you added a second layer, you might be looking at like, say, 14 or 15 years on the second layer. So that's why I would suggest that you might be better off 
stripping off that first layer in your scenario and putting on just one layer. But if you had told me that, no, Tom, I'm only going to be in that house for five or 10 years, well, then who cares? Because you're not going to be around to enjoy the benefit of the longer roof life. You know, that's why it makes sense if you're going to be there for that whole life of the roof to go ahead and pull off the first one. A couple other things to keep in mind with that roofing project. Um, also, good opportunity to take a look at your ventilation, Jim. Now, in a 20-year-old house, typically you don't have enough ventilation because they just didn't vent roofs well back then. But you want to think about adding a continuous ridge vent down the entire peak of the roof and then and a continuous soffit vent down both sides of the soffit so that this way you'll have plenty of opportunity for air to enter at the soffit right up under the roof sheathing and inch and exit at the ridge and that will give you a, a nice cycle of air 24 7 that's keeping that attic space cooler which of course makes your air conditioning more more efficient and also helps the roof last longer as well that's great that all makes perfectly good sense i had a good day <laughs> Jim, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call at eight 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 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor, the fast and easy way to find the best home service pros in your area. You can read reviews and book appointments online. And just ahead, toss aside all those cookbooks full of quick and easy recipes. Get a stovetop that cooks faster instead. We'll tell you what you need to know about induction ranges when the Money Pit continues. The Money Pit is presented by Sense. The Sense Smart Home Energy Monitor tells you what's on in your home and how much it costs to run. Now through June 16th, save $50 on Sense during their Father's Day sale. Just use promo code RADIO at Sense.com. You live in a Money Pit. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The Money Pit is presented by Quick Creek Fast Setting Concrete Mix in the red bag. Make your next outdoor concrete project quick and easy. Quick Creek Fast Setting Concrete Mix. Look for it in the red bag. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor. Fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. And hey, if you're a gardener, here's another reason to reach out to us right now. Give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit. We'll toss your name and the Money Pit hard hat to win a supply of Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew. It's an all-natural insecticide that works on vegetables, ornamentals, and many other plants. It's totally ready to spray, so you don't have to mix it. You just hook it up to a garden hose and turn it on. It automatically mixes at the correct rate, and it's going to control chewing insects like bagworms and tomato hornworms, tent caterpillars, gypsy moths, and many other gross insects we don't want around our gardens. This ready-to-spray product sells for $29.99. We're throwing in a pint of the concentrate, too, so the package is worth 50 bucks and going out to one caller Draw it at random. Make that you. Call us right now at one eighty eight Money Pit. 
Selena in Tennessee, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Last week, I had estimates done on my home to have all my rep- drain pipes replaced. Hmm, Why did you do that? My house was built in 1944, and we've had some trouble here lately with clogs and everything, so I just decided to go ahead and replace all the drain lines. Is that because the you're getting roots and that sort of thing in the pipes? I don't think there's roots in them, no, because we've had the, the pipe from the house back to the drain replaced already. This is just the inside pipe, and they're old, and yes, we have had a couple, a couple of them to rupture, so I just decided to get them all replaced. However, today my son told me that all of that is useless if I don't get the main line coming into the house replaced also, and I wanted to see what your take was on that. Well, we're talking about two different types of pipes. You're talking about drainage pipes versus supply pipes, and the supply pipe that comes into the house may or may not need to be replaced. The questions I would have for you is, what's the pipe made out of, and are we having any problems with it? Now, in an older house, you may have the original steel plumbing, steel main water pipe coming into the house, which if the house was built, did you say the 40s? Right. That's a super old pipe that definitely is in, at risk of breaking. Okay, great. So when they come back out to do my plumbing, because they're doing it in two weeks, I need to ask them to look at the pipe and... Yeah. Because none of the people that gave me estimates even mentioned that. Well, I would take a look at that. And typically in a house, you don't replace the drain pipe. So I'm a little surprised that you're doing that. Typically in an older house with seal pipes, you end up replacing the supply pipes. And you do the horizontal pipes first because they're the easiest to access. And you do the vertical pipes to go up through the walls last because they're the hardest to access. And you can do it in stages. The first step of a steel pipe conversion is to do the main. Uh, the second one is to do all the horizontals in the basement crawl space, and the third is to do the verticals. And so typically that's that's what you do in a house that has that kind of plumbing. Um, you mentioned you've had some problems with clogging with the drain pipes, but that's pretty unusual, and I actually have never heard of anyone wanting to replace drain pipes. Typically they replace supply pipes. So you might want to get a second opinion on this and not just uh, take the opinion of the plumber that wants the work. Okay, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Selena. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Steve in North Carolina on the line who's having a roofing issue. Tell us what's going on. It's probably been 15 years ago. I built an addition onto a cabin that I had in the woods on my property and um, built a bathroom, but I built a flat roof uh, and used an asphalt. roofing material to do it. Um, it was more of a tar than an asphalt, not shingles. Uh, but it is the problem is it's a flat roof, and um, I've got a lot of pines, a lot of tall pines that leave a lot of debris, and I try to get them off, and obviously the roof is 15 years old. We've got a serious leak, uh, which I assume is somewhere in the seam, um, because the actual interior let's say, the main body seems to be all intact. I guess my question is, is a flat roof a good idea at all? Should I go ahead and, is it cost effective to just go ahead and build up the pitch? And so you're telling me that that flat roof is 15 years old? And has lasted that long, yeah. And, and, and congratulations, first, <laughs> on your flat roof lasting 15 years. And may we be the first to tell you that it's at the end, well past the end of a normal life for a flat roof. You're lucky if you get five to seven out of there. So you must have done a really good job putting that roof together, Steve. What happens is over time, it loses, uh, the asphalt dries out. 
and the material can becomes more porous. You can develop very small cracks in it where water can leak through. So I would just replace that roof, and I would do it exactly the same way you did it the first time, or you could use an upgraded material. But um, I think the roof is is just worn at 15 years old. It, you're lucky it lasted that long. Okay, well, thank you so much. Yeah. All right, Steve, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, guest ranges have long been the favorite of home cooks, but there's a new kid on the block that's gaining heat. Get it? It's called induction (laughs) cooktops. Yeah, presently, only about 2% of homeowners cook with induction energy, but expect to see that number change. In a recent study, 22% of homeowners said their next stovetop would feature this induction technology. So what exactly is this technology and how does it work? Well, it uses electromagnetic currents to produce a magnetic field that excites the iron molecules resulting in heat very fast. One thing induction cooks need to get used to, though, is much shorter heating and prep times. Yeah, but the thing that's the easiest to get used to, the energy efficiency and therefore savings. Now, induction cooktops waste less heat for lower monthly bills. But it does come at a cost. Induction ranges are priced higher than gas or electric cooktops, and they require specific cast iron and stainless steel pots and pans to transfer the heat effectively. You know what, how you check to see if those pots and pans are going to work. So if you've got anything at home and you're thinking induction, take a magnet right off your fridge. If it sticks to that pot or pan, it's going to work on the induction range. And some of the newer pots and pans when you purchase them are labeled for induction cooktops. So just make sure you're buying the right stuff. And you know what's crazy about that too? When you put uh, an induction type pan on the stove and then say you try to melt butter in it, the butter melts, but the pan doesn't get hot. It's the weirdest thing. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) I mean, it's really great technology. Robert in Florida, you've got the money pit. I understand you've got a countertop question for us. Mike for Mike, countertops are starting to come uh, unglued. And I'm trying to find out what a good glue would be to use to make sure that they are um, fully um, cemented back into place. Uh, It's not a large section. It goes like uh, about... 8 to 12 inches at a time. Um, I do have some C-clamps that I can use to um, fasten them down. As long as it's the countertop that's coming unglued and not you, Robert, we can help. (laughs) (laughs) What you want to do is use contact cement. Now, the area that is uh, separated with contact cement, what you want to do is try to Try to actually separate that area as much as you can because you're going to kind of work in there. So if you can peel up the loose area, maybe um, put a piece of wood in there or something as a spacer to really have some some area in there, um, do that. And then what you're going to do is you're going to pick up some contact cement. And contact cement is available uh, as in either water-based or or, uh, or solvent-based. The solvent-based works a lot better. So a small container of contact cement, not rubber cement, by the way, contact cement, specifically used for laminate. Uh, you brush it in there, and as the name implied, it dries on contact. So you keep it separated while it's drying, okay? And then... Once it's dry, which just takes, you know, 15, 20 minutes, then you will pull out your spacers and press that laminate back down in place, working from back to the front. And you can put a towel over it or like even a rolling pin works good and roll it down really, really good and really, really tight. And that'll hold it. But the contact cement's what you need. Any other type of adhesive that you use will, will not work. Okay. So nothing like um, maybe liquid nails or anything like that. No. Um, 
You know, in a pinch for a tiny edge, yes. But if you have a separation like that, contact cement. That's what it was done originally, and that's what will work. Just make sure you clean it, remove any debris that's in there, and, uh, you know, be generous with the cement. Don't make it lumpy, but get good coverage, okay? Okay, great. Thanks a lot for your help. All right, thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Hey, do you want to turn your patio or porch into a sizzling kitchen space? Well, it's not as expensive as you might think. We'll tell you how after this. You live in a body pit. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The Money Pit is presented by Bonai. Protect your landscape, gardens, and home from over 130 different insects. Get Bonite's 8 insecticide for up to 8 weeks of insect control. Bonite products are family made in America and available at a retailer near you or visit Bonite.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now. We are here to help you with your home improvement and decor project. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Never worry about overpaying for a job. Use the HomeAdvisor True Cost Guide to see what others paid for a similar project. That's all for free at HomeAdvisor.com. Debbie in Delaware is on the line and needs some help with a building project. What can we do for you, Debbie? My husband broke his hip, and we are in desperate need of a handicap ramp. He'll be needing this handicap ramp after the brake heals. He'll be using a wheelchair and a walker after this. We are limited income, and we can't afford even the materials to build this ramp. And I been trying to go through government agencies and everything, and all I have gotten is a bunch of red tape. Um, tell me something. How high up does the ramp have to be? How many steps are you trying to accomplish, or just kind of describe the layout to me? Yeah, it's five steps into the house. Debbie, as much as I'd like, there's, there's sort of a no uh, quick fix for this situation. You do need a ramp, and the ramp has to, is going to be a very large structure, and it has to be properly done. So I think your energy is, is best focused on how to get the professional help and to get the funds necessary to do this. Now, there is an organization that is called Rebuilding Together that does this sort of thing. And their uh, website is togetherwetransform.org, togetherwetransform.org, or just Google Rebuilding Together. They have got affiliates in most states across the country. Their national headquarters is in Washington, D.C. And what I would suggest you do uh, is to reach out to the national headquarters and uh, speak with them about uh, trying to connect with an affiliate that's near you. I see there's no affiliate directly in Delaware, but of course you can go to New Jersey or you can go to Maryland, you know, anywhere around there and probably find uh, exactly what you need. They used to be called Christmas in April, and uh, now they're called Rebuilding Together. And I've been on some of their projects in the past, and there seem to be a good group of people that get a lot of great things done. 
Okay, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your help. All right, and we hope that your husband heals up quickly. Thank you so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. So on TV's This Old House, we see some pretty tricked out outdoor kitchens. That's right. Outdoor kitchens can be a great addition to your backyard entertaining space, but they don't have to be as expensive or as extensive as the ones on TV to do the job. This Old House host Kevin O'Connor is here with some DIY and budget-friendly options. Welcome, Kevin. Hi, guys. Great to be here. So I'm sure you never saw a budget you didn't like when it comes to these outdoor kitchens. You know, they they don't have to be as extensive as the ones we put on, but you really want them to be. You really want that. You guys saw that one we put on. Oh, my God. It was so amazing. I mean, they're beautiful. They really are. And you want to just, when you see it, now all of a sudden you just want to live your entire life out there on your patio. Oh, I know. But most of us cannot afford to spend (laughs) $25,000 on an outdoor kitchen. No, I guess that is true. But you don't have to, which is the good point. And when you're thinking about the outdoor kitchen, think about what you have in the indoor kitchen, right? There are basically three things that you need. You need a work surface to prepare your food. You need a place to clean up after you're done cooking. And then you obviously need the surface to cook on. So the grill. And a pizza maker and a sink <laughs> and a kegerator, all sorts of things. Did you say kegerator? I may have. May have. I'm all in. <laughs> On a budget. On a budget. That'll be the next edition of Money Pit in right. this old house. <laughs> so when you get the grill, obviously the grill is the place where you're going to do the cooking, so you can check that off the list. And some of these grills, a lot of them now, actually come with a little side area where you can actually do some prep work or put some bowls down or platters while you're doing mm-hmm. the cooking. They're probably not big enough or sturdy enough to do the hardcore prep work, the right. chopping and stuff like that. But that shouldn't stop you from adding one. And there are a couple things that you can do to add one. You can bring in sort of a rolling kitchen table table, uh, put it up next to the grill. You do that, you're going to have a better surface to work on. Think about the materials in that case. Obviously, something that's going to withstand the weather is going to be a good idea. So a uh, protected wood or stainless steel even would be great. But then if you want, and you've got some good carpentry skills, you can build your own. You can think about a frame made out of wood, and then also think about the material that you want to put on this. A stone top that will stand up to the weather would be a great thing. Or you can build these things up. You know, there's a lot of pavers out there right now. A lot of these do it your self kits where mm. you can build these out of masonry products. It can be a great look. You can do it yourself, and you can create yourself a good-looking outdoor kitchen with that prep area. Yeah, and it can kind of look like it's built in, so that's really neat, too. Absolutely. And you can buy grills that are made to be built in, or you can build it around an existing grill and just at least have that feel of the built-in look. Now, one of the challenges is really the plumbing part of this. You do need water for cleanup. It's darn convenient if you have it outside. What are some inexpensive ways to create that in your outdoor kitchen? To be honest with you, I think you've got to think long and hard about whether or not you want to add water to this because where I live, all that stuff has to be shut down in the off-season. It's great to have, but it's a whole other level of thinking in terms of the off-season. However, if you want to go for it, chances are you've already got an outdoor hose spigot in the backyard, and that can be modified so that you can bring some water over to the grilling area for cleanup. There are actually some manually powered sinks available that can hook up via hose, and then you can use a pump with your foot for water flow, and then the sink drain can also be diverted away with a hose to avoid any puddles at your feet. And then, you know, they've got the old-fashioned sort of potting sinks that you would use for um, gardening. And you can get those at a garden supply center and think about using one of those next to the grill. But for me, I just bring the dirty dishes inside and tell the kids to start scrubbing. (laughs) (laughs) I think another luxury, which really isn't a luxury when you're thinking about 
cooking outdoors, it's almost a necessity as refrigeration because a lot of times you're sort of staggering the cooking process to keep things, you know, at the ready. Or if you're entertaining for a long period of time, you know, can you do an outdoor refrigerator in there? Uh, you, you certainly can. It's, it is probably a luxury, like you say. But if you've got power out there, you can bring in a small refrigerator. And they actually make refrigerators that are rated t- to be outdoors. And so you want to think about that. Again, anytime you're talking about those outdoor kitchens, no matter what you have, out there, think about the weather. Do you want it to be able to live out there through the rain, the snow, the heat, and all that type of stuff? And there are small refrigerators rated to do that, and that can be a nice option. Keep the drinks going, keep the uh, side salads cold while you're cooking the burgers and such. You know what's great about this advice, Kevin, is that you really can approach it in a, in a modular basis. You know, you can start small with, say, just a good grill with some cooking surface, and then build on from there. You can add the rolling cart, you could add some cabinetry, you could add the outdoor refrigerator and kind of over time create this kitchen. And I think when you're working outdoors, the projects, I think there's a lot more forgiving, right? It's not always finished carpentry and (laughs) fancy moldings. I'm doing just that, building a side table for my grill. You know, it's got a little wood frame and a big solid four inch thick wooden top. It's just, it's not that complicated and it doesn't have to look so refined. It is the outdoors after all. Let us know when it's ready. We'll be by for steaks. You got it. Kevin O'Connor from TV's This Old House. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Always a pleasure to be here, guys. Thank you. All right. Catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House is brought to you on PBS by State Farm. Still to come, we've got some step-by-step tips on how to build a fire pit in your very own backyard. All you smart fans, this is for you. We'll be back in just a bit. You live in a body pit. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Pit is presented by Supercore, sold exclusively by WeShipFloors.com. Supercore is waterproof, kit and pet proof, quick lock, bridge cork flooring, extremely impact resistant, and has a 30-day money-back guarantee. Order your free samples today at WeShipFloors.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now on the Money Pit's listener line at one Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor. You can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area, read verified reviews, and book appointments online all for free. No matter the type of job, HomeAdvisor makes it fast and easy to find the best local pros. And speaking of finding the best, Leslie, I found the best bird feed ever. You did? Yeah. I've been looking for a bird feeder that could defeat the squirrels because we have got like the super squirrels, super squirrels. We have got like the acrobatic squirrels that they can get into the food no matter what we do. So I found this bird feeder called squirrel buster. And the way it works is you put the seed into the feeder and think of it as sort of like a round feeder where the outside of it is sort of like a cage with holes for where the birds can get through to the feed inside. But here's what happens. When the squirrels jump on, 
the weight of the squirrel pulls this outside sleeve, which is sort of the cage, down, and it shuts the gate to the food. <laughs> it's like it's a like, drawbridge. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, we're so close. I can see it, but I just can't get through the darn cage. <laughs> I put it in yesterday. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm Have like, you been watching the whole thing? Oh happening? yeah, it's I'm a, it's sure quite a it's show. Entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> so, check it out, Squirrel Buster. I'm sure you can find it on Amazon. Jeff in South Carolina is dealing with some unwanted visitors to their money pit. Tell us what's going on. I have a couple of feral cats that are running around in my backyard. I have a bird bath, and the cats stalk the bird bath. And when the birds come in to take a drink and a splash. They jump up and they kill the bird, and what I've done is I've poured the water out of the bird bath to keep the birds away, but how do I get rid of the cats? I mean, there's a lot of initiatives around the country with um, organizations that will um, help deal with the feral cat issue. Uh, many of them run what's called a TNR program, which is Trap, Neuter, and Return. So the idea is that they trap the cats uh, humanely, like with a have a heart trap or something like that, they neuter them, then they return them to the environment, but hopefully not in your, in your neighborhood where they're, they're used to finding that source of food. And so I would turn to an organization like that that can help you trap the cats and get them off of your property. And if they have the added support that they can neuter the cats, and that helps the overall community uh, from uh, stopping these cats from reproducing. And you know what else? Um, we had an issue years ago when there's a person on our block who, you know, feeds every cat in town and has about like 30 cats and kittens just living in their backyard. And the neighbor next door was doing a ton of work. There was a dumpster with like food scraps and stuff in it. And so all the cats kind of just meandered into my yard. And I had called the village because... I mean, honestly, I didn't mind the cats being there, but they were killing like a possum. And now all of a sudden I had to clean up a dead possum and birds. And, you know, I really don't want to be doing that. So I called the village and the village referred me to the town. So long story short, I made a bunch of calls to finally get to someone in the county who told me that where I live, feral cats have the same rights as squirrels, which means you can do nothing about them. But if you do find a local cat rescue, they might be willing to come and help you, you know, take the cats, find them, you know, a place to be adopted by. And, you know, maybe if you find a place that you feel comfortable with, you know, a donation might not hurt in helping them to get the cats off your property. So you never know. I might, you know, make a call to your town or your village and see where that goes, too. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, I'm a big hiker, and after a long day on the trail, there's nothing like relaxing around a campfire. And you can have that same campfire feeling all year long in your very own backyard when you build a fire pit. Yeah, you know, it's not a difficult project, and it's made even easier when you use Rumblestone from Pavestone. Now, Rumblestone is an outdoor building block, basically. Think of like an outside Lego. And Rumblestones will fit together quickly and easily, and the only limit is your imagination. So you can put them together pretty much however you want. Now, for a round fire pit that's about 10 inches high and about 45 inches across, you only need two sizes of rumblestone, the mini blocks and the trapezoidal shaped blocks. You can start by creating a stable, level project area. Then all you need to do is lay out the trapezoidal and mini blocks in a circle, alternating each one. They can even be secured with construction adhesive, so no mortar is needed. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Three layers of rumblestone is all you need. For the second and third layer, you just have to offset the blocks from the layer below it. Then just line the bottom with sand, and you're going to be ready to fire up those s'mores in no time. For a complete materials list and instructions and more info, visit pavestone.com and look for rumblestone videos under the How-To Guide tab. Hey, has the damp weather brought ants marching right into your home? 
We'll have some natural ways to eliminate them after this. You live in a body pit. That is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry about overpaying for a job. Just use their true cost guide to see what others paid for similar projects. Then get matched to top-rated pros, read reviews, get quotes, and book appointments. All for free at HomeAdvisor.com. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. We're here to help you with your home improvement and decor jobs. You can also post your questions at moneypit.com. That's what Gil did in Georgia. That's right. Now, Gil writes, I have a minor ant problem, and I'm looking for some natural remedies. What are your suggestions? Well, I'm glad it's not a major ant problem. Yeah, that's good. Minor is better. Minor is better. Well, okay, look. So first off, Gil, everybody wants to find a natural remedy, but I have to say, Honestly, I've never found a natural remedy that's going to be as effective as an over-the-counter or professionally applied remedy. And I know that we all think that any of those types of products are just bad for us. But the truth is, if you use them as directed... Mm-hmm. In a focused area. In a focused area, you know, you're not broad spraying them everywhere. They can be extremely effective and safe to use. However, if you'd like to try something in the interim, you might want to try mint. Mint is really effective as a natural deterrent, I will call it, from ants. And it also grows like crazy. It grows like weeds. If you plant mint around the outside of your house, the foundation perimeter, the areas perhaps where it's all coming in, maybe it could be the kitchen, that will help deter those ants. Now, inside the house, you could also try bay leaves. If you set bay leaves around kitchen canisters, that can have a good effect too. You can ground them up and put them around the outsides of sort of window sills. Um, that will actually help uh, avoid them too. I will say the bay leaves, do- it is very effective. We were having an ant issue. They were coming through the radiator, like to the dog's food dish. And so I crushed up the bay leaves and put them sort of in this area right below the radiator. And it would work until the dog ate them. And then it was a cycle of dog, ant, dog, bay leaves. So I ended up going with a commercial application, which worked beautifully. But if you're not in an area where a dog is going to eat the bay leaves, they do work. Well, there, speaking of commercial products, there is a product that Bonide makes that's very effective. It's called, and I love the name too, it's the Revenge line of granules, powder, and bait stations for ants. Very effective at uh, stopping those ants from coming in once and for all. All right. Next up here, we've got a post from Margo. Now, Margo writes, what's the best method for cleaning carpets? Chem dry, steam, other ideas? You know, Leslie, I've always used steam, and I think people are afraid that steam is going to somehow damage their carpets or affect its uh, durability or its sustain resistance. But, I mean, I've taken some carpets that look like they're ready to be torn out and turned them back into pristine condition. Uh, I think the best example was uh, when my daughter moved out of a condo uh, at her college that she shared with her other three roommates, whole year of uh, of college traffic. And I think you can imagine what that is <laughs> with, uh, with all the people going in and out and all the parties. Well, and don't forget, you know, your daughter plays sports. So she's got muddy shoes in addition to, you know, visitors and parties. Like they have sport laden cleats coming into a house. Yeah. The parents and I thought we were, we're sure going to have to buy new carpets for this place, but I'm like, let me try it with the steam cleaner. So I rented one from Home Depot. Man, it came out perfect. It looked like brand new when I was done with it. So I like steam cleaning as an effective way of, of keeping those carpets, uh, looking great. You know, the most important way though to preserve your carpets is simply vacuuming. And here's why I think a lot of folks 
don't know this, it's not just the dirt you see. It's all that sand that gets into the carpets from the outside. That is like the abrasive. That's like sandpaper on the bottom of your shoes, and that's what really wears it out. So keep the dirt out as much as you possibly can, and then steam clean when necessary. Yeah, I think it's also important. Take off your shoes when you get in the house. Keep a little tray or basket right by the door. Eliminate that dirt sort of going further than the entry point. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, thank you for spending part of your weekend with us. We hope we've given you some tips and advice and ideas and inspiration to avoid the perspiration when it comes to taking on your home improvement and modeling and decor projects. If you have questions, you can reach us 24-7 at 888-MONEYPIT or post your question to the community page at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit.